Hey, and welcome to the Shooting the Sheet podcast, where a bunch of mumbly nerds get together and talk about TTRPGs and other stuff. I'm Jay, she, they. I'm joined by Miles. Say hi. Hi, I'm Miles, he, him. Uh, and we've got Zoe here today, too. Hi, I'm uh, not any of the other co-hosts, and I was going to say something clever, and that fell through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Zoe, they, she. Going to say something clever, and then it falling through is this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, it's terrible. Um, we do not have Jay with us. Because uh, he's being a sourpuss. No, Jay just had a rough day, and instead of doing this, he's actually doing a kind thing for me. He's uh, sanding some dice. Um, but... Yeah, and sanding those dice was audio poison. We've been gone for a little bit, uh, and, you know, if you're one of the under ten people who listen to this podcast that isn't also on it, uh, you might be thinking, hey, you've been gone for a bit, what are you gonna do now? Uh, we're gonna do a weird thing, uh, for our topic, well, actually kind of a normal thing for our topic, but, uh, yeah, we've been gone because everything is bad, (laughs) uh, uh, with our housing, with at least two of our housing situations, we've been having a rough time in terms of occupancy and dwellings. It is mother-loving true, and uh, I don't know when Jay and I are going to have a normal schedule, but uh, we'll find a way to hopefully make it work. Um, but uh, how about everyone say one good thing that's happened to you since we podcast? Because I just want to. Uh, bring up again the fact that I got engaged to Jay. Now they can't beat it. Yay. Uh, (laughs) Shut up. Since we podcasted last, I started fostering uh, five kittens, and they're very sweet and also need a lot, which is part of why my schedule got so destroyed, because I was on the overnight watch shift for them. And they are utterly adorable. Which meant I was going to sleep around noon every day. Yeah, uh, listeners, if you're not on our Discord, uh, join the Discord, because Miles keeps posting pictures of these adorable cats, and it makes my day. Honestly, if we get more people joining the Discord, I will post way more pictures of my dog, because, like, I don't know. I think he's cute. He's currently sleeping on my lap. Well, his head is on there. Oh, he moved because I looked at him. But yeah, it's been a while, but we also were kind of agreeing we wanted to do a little bit of retooling of it, just kind of fine-tuning. We realized that uh, we were talking about our own games a little way too long. Uh, yeah. And yeah. listen, we love TTRPGs, and we love the games we're in. We're proud of them. Uh, but probably we shouldn't, you know, talk about them for over 25, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when we were getting ready to start this podcast, I asked a friend of mine who podcasts if uh, she had any advice, and one of the things she told me was uh, when she started doing a podcast similar to this that eventually fell through, she found that they ended up talking way too much about their home games uh, and advised me against it because for anyone not in those games, that period of time stopped being interesting at about the one or two minute mark, if that. And I said, all right, we'll keep that in mind. And then we didn't. Sorry, one sec. Uh, hey, hon, I hate to say, but that's definitely getting picked up. Well. <laughs> what, are you coming back? To the, coming back. Oh, back. never. <laughs> new challenger. <laughs> so, yeah, Jay was trying to do the dice, but it's just a little too loud to do them while we're doing the podcast. So, um. Jay's coming back to do the podcast. Wow. See, our new version of the podcast, uh, we also have special surprise, you know, introductions from... Random people just just jump in. Yeah, wait, hold Uh, on. Me and Jay have to fight now to see who gets to be the third You're right. Actually, though, I'm going to go. My mom's actually spending the night over here, so I'm going to go see if she wants to. She's never played a TTRPG game before, but um, my friends call her mom, so... That's like a good indictment of her character, I think. I mean, I can add more people to the disc to our uh, specific uh, channel for this Discord. Like, you can, we can do that. We can just say, all right, everyone who's in uh, 
fucking fun shot. Jump in on shooting the sheet. Let's do it. I mean, honestly, I, uh, despite joking, I would actually think that would be very fun. But hey, let's let's try to get back to TTRPGs. Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't looked up any news, but I know there's definitely some news that's happened. Um, there there was some news very recently. Um, Wizards of the Coast released just a an enormous press conference thing talking about like. Oh, this is, uh, you know, a collection of, a collection of minis that you can get and like little tokens and stuff you can get where you remove the cover and then put a new cover on, which is a cool idea, but also seems like those covers will stop sticking to the disc after like three uses. Um, but I like the thought process of minimizing waste. Me too. Uh, which is a big problem in the TTRPG space. Everything's uh, coming in plastic packaging. It's all a mess. You know. Yeah. But they also announced huge amounts of content for Spelljammer and uh, Dragonlance and another expansion, which is... Oh, it's slipping my mind right now, but they specifically said... It... Dragonlance. Hmm? Wait, did you say Dragonlance? Yeah, I already said Dragonlance. There's another collection oh. of... Um, of like modular adventures, kind of like uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal, that specifically focuses on areas inspired by different world cultures and myths. Oh, you're talking about the the Citadel yes. one, because I've seen that going around. Because I follow a bunch of people who've written that on Twitter. Yeah, the Citadel one, which um, was apparently written yeah. and uh, made with like input from creators relevant to those cultures uh which is good but also we've we talked before about the most recent uh the most recent critical role campaign and how like yes in theory if they're doing it properly it can be good but it also opens up the gates for all of the people who are going to do it really really poorly now having like official material to cite for why they're doing something culturally insensitive. Uh, but also, that's the perspective of a white person. So who knows? Yeah, that's true. And from what I see, like I said, I follow a bunch of the people who got to do, like, write stuff for that. And, like, the people they got are, like, very good. So I am low-key looking forward to it. Yeah. If I ever go back to running 5e. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We... That's something that's changed in the last, you know, month and a half since we recorded is... We're not playing in a in our Monday 5e game anymore. Now it's a Pathfinder 2 game, DM'd by Zoe. Yep. And it's fucking fun. Yeah, and once we have some more combat, this is not an indictment, uh, or this is not like me saying anything mean about the game. But once we have more experience with combat, we'll actually talk a bit more about how we feel about the system overall. Um, I did have the thought at my job that I thought it was funny that I... I'm technically borrowing bits from the Witchlight Carnival, which uh, Wizards of the Coast is like, it's our first, like, you can run this without doing combat. And I'm looking at it like, well, I have to throw some combat into this. It needs some combat. Oh, no, so you're good. Keep figuring out if we like Yeah, it. but now our combat is completely for show. Um, for now. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've got an interesting group of characters uh, that... You know, we're, we're looking forward to exploring a lot like we did with our 5e characters. Uh, and that kind of ties into our topic for later in the episode about those sort of ways that you start to develop your characters and see them as more than just things on a page or, like, even just a backstory that gets written. Developing them past that, getting into, like, a little bit of the mindset of your character. Mm-hmm. And I... But that has been a lot of fun. And this is a conversation I'm actually very glad that Jay made it back here for because I think this is actually a really good topic to, um, I think this is actually just like a really interesting topic to me personally, because I, I think all of us are very much more character focused than we are, uh, rules focused. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. some crunch and I know you do too, Miles, but yeah, I, I built a system that thankfully has way less crunch now than it did at first. <laughs> he was a crunch fiend. He never knew when to stop crunching. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. I love rules light too, um, but uh, codifying things can be useful. 
But we'll talk about whether we think that how having pretty much everything codified and pat, you know, I'm talking about our no another topic that we're not even doing today. So uh, the other bit of news I remember I saw is that uh, the Blade Runner um, official setting is on Kickstarter and it's gone over a million dollars. And the only thing I really have to say about that is while uh, I know Blade Runner is really popular as a media property, there is at least a little bit of talking about how maybe it's a little ill-timed to have something that where the setting is, like, I think they're even advertising as, go and hunt down this group of minorities as a cop. Um, and I know you're supposed to question- Oh, I didn't even look at that. I saw it, but I was like, okay. They're not just minorities, they're replicants. They're not even real people. Oh. Yeah, don't think about it. Oh, I think by the- <laughs> Ill-timed. <laughs> Yeah, it's and I know like the whole thing is you're supposed to question that in the movie, but I don't know. I, again, I have nothing against the thing. Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited for the TTRPG of David Cage's Detroit Become Human, where we get to learn about <laughs> racism. Oh, good. Oh wait, I thought that game was about <sighs> racism though somehow. No, it's not really about anything. Okay. Oh, so it's Seinfeld. Hmm. Um, but yeah, again, I have nothing against like actually Blade Runner. Um, I. Definitely enjoyed the book of it more than the movie, but also I experienced both of them when I was in college, where I think you're, like, legally obligated to enjoy books more than movies. Well, anyways... Well, that fell on dead ears. No, nobody <laughs> remembers going to college and reading books. I've, We've disconnected. I think, actually, I think the last... One of my last things I did on, on campus at... Penn State was pick up a copy of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep from the bookstore. Just now realized I have the I have no idea where that book is. It must be on my bookshelf it's back out. at my mom's house somewhere. Or it might still be in my stuff that I never unpacked from college. Oh god, don't make me think about that stuff. <laughs> oh, but um Does someone want to give me a guy? Ooh, I would love a guy all uh, right so this is give me a guy me our segment in which we kind of do a little improv creative mind exercise where we give each other prompts and make up characters based off those give me a guy who give me a guy whose fighting style is juggling fighting or casting style i'll broaden it a bit eh, no i think so it's definitely you have to lean on whatever system has throwing combat um, and I don't know, how would we describe it? You can have, like, th these would be, like, disposable items, right? Like, usable items? Single-use items? Is that what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm actually gonna go, since we've been doing a bit of, um, Pathfinder 2E, I'm going to say, it doesn't have to necessarily be a bard, but I want them to have access to the spell, uh, so I want them to, uh, yeah, to be a caster of some sort, and have access to the spell, uh, telekinetic projectile or whatever because i want them to they are actually juggling everything but their main method of attacking is the cantrip of just throwing shit forward um oh but what caster see because i'm still so new to it and i spent a lot of time looking at it i i know that i'm just gravitating towards bard i swear i don't have an addiction to bards um it's just i like bards um do you think a magus think could work for the smiles? Hmm. Because magus are basically more... <laughs> this is a weird way of phrasing it, but they're more athletic um, casters <laughs> overall. Um, I kind of like that they're like juggling like throwing knives. Um, and that's what they are using as their main source of weaponry. All right. Oh, and also they're cat folk because they are very much full of themselves. And uh, I'm led to believe that every cat folk has to be a sassy little, um, well, you know. I mean, not every cat folk has to be, but I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, you're right. Okay, give me a guy. A uh, water genasi? And I don't know what kind of... I, I know that I'm... I don't remember what subclasses exist at all anymore, but I want them to be a water genasi that can only cast fire magic. Okay. 
I mean, first things first, okay. I feel like half uh, of their fire uh, magic just ends up being like steam or boiling water, something in there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, mm. um, I, mm. I almost want to say some sort of like draconic bloodline sorcerer. Honestly, and I was thinking about that a little earlier today when I came up with a prompt. Because we've got we've got things like tide pool dragons or, or that do have like a steam but, breath weapon. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also still sticking with five e. There is the druid path of the wildfire. Oh, that's true. That's true. God, I'm just imagining then like half of their uh, like some of their spells that create uh, splash damage, fire fire damage, just coming with the sound of. Uh, Y'all ever hear the sound of sap boiling and exploding out uh, when a tree is on like fire? A, yeah, like a tree on fire. It's a, no, it's a very California perspective. <laughs> yes, it is a very California perspective. Um, yeah, I can't say I've ever but, heard a tree explode. Sorry. It doesn't like, not like the tree explodes, but like that's part of what causes a lot of trees to pop. Mm -hmm. Is like that happening on a small scale. When you're burning them, they they create those nice crackles and pops. But this is like louder. I I like I like that path of the wildfire though. I think that's a great idea, Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually thinking possibly maybe they'd use some type of like it also be some type of um, dancer like the the fire dancing that's like traditional over in the more Pacific Islands and stuff along those lines. Okay, no, that makes sense. And what should we name this one? Sizzle Fits. <laughs> okay. Asked and answered. <laughs> it, that's definitely an answer. And I love it because I'm, I love I'm proposing, you. I'm proposing things left and right. Any any other ideas? That's not the first thing you proposed to. Ayo! All right. I thought you were really teeing me up for that on purpose, actually. Nope, you're just desperate for attention. But that's a podcast. Speaking for, of proposing right? things, uh, uh, speaking of proposing things, let's get probably just one more. Give me a guy prompt. Sure. Okay. Zoe, do you got? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Zoe. Do you have a guy? No, it's okay. You can go. I did. Okay, have one. shrimp. No, you're our guest. Write it down, sweetie. I'll write it down. Or we could just oh, do both okay. of them. Okay, both of them. God. Zoe, you first. All right. Um. Okay. Well, technically, I had two. <laughs> Do you want one that possibly might be impossible for us to do, or do you want one that could possibly go places? Ooh. I'm a little more in the camp of wanting a challenge, but... I do want to hear what this I impossible mean, one is. This bit should go somewhere. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you the one that I think won't go anywhere is I want you to make Kirby in 5e. Okay, Kirby 5e? Okay. Ah, I see okay, someone well, else gets their... Uh... We do have those rules for the, uh, for the like, monocellular... Uh, race in uh, in what in what's it called in Spelljammer? That seems like that would make sense. Oh God, I, I wish that there was more. Okay, my thoughts on how to make Kirby in Five E or would be cheating because I'd probably want to use that homebrew uh, that does Final Fantasy fourteen and just make Kirby some sort of blue like the monocellular uh, species but make them a blue mage. And Kirby and something Final Fantasy related? I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, you just wait. Square Enix gave up all of their uh, Western licenses, so maybe they'll have to go <laughs> oh, begging hat in hands to Nintendo. Please, can we have Kirby for the next Kingdom Hearts? Oh my god. I know this is a TTRPG podcast, and I love a lot of specific Square Enix properties, but oh boy, has it been amusing and like a nice vindictive way to like watch the company um sell all of their western uh like properties not all of them but a lot of them and then like the day after just we're getting news reports that the nft bubble has f definitely burst and that is down by 90 percent since uh i think december and it's just like you guys just sold so much nah they'll be able to bring it back I mean, of course, now that anyone can have uh, can have an NFT, they're not special anymore. They're not as they're <laughs> once people start actually investing in them, they're less useful for illegal transactions online, which is what they were initially created for. 
They were initially created for, like, straight-up, like, illegal shit. Um, like, I know a lot of... I know because of people I knew in high school who were into NFTs when they were first starting out. I know there are definitely a lot of companies that deal exclusively in NFTs that sell illegal guns. Yeah, the NFT is the gun. Oh, God. All my apes gone. All my apes gone. Um, <laughs> okay, but back to... No, unfortunately, I think you might be a little right because Kirby... Yeah, Kirby's not a playable character. Kirby is a force of nature that must be avoided at all costs if you are not Kirby. Okay, but here's what you can do as a DM, though. All of your encounters are um, with, like, two or three extra just, like, mook characters. They've got their, like, weapon or their one spell that they can have. And your Kirby player is supposed to, like, eat one of these guys, right? In, in a combat encounter and, like, gets their one spell that they have. And then you use that. And... Kirby themselves can like not do anything in particular. I'm I'm working with it. Anybody else got ideas? No, I kind I kind of like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you how do you format like how a Kirby character could work? Let alone like if anyone would deign to play it. So basically, yeah, you definitely want to be using some minion rules, um, for your five E game, or you know you could just play four E, which had minions. Um, Bros. Ha ha ha, minions, the what's it called? I don't even remember. Was that DreamWorks or Illumination? Uh -huh, I don't even uh, know. Banana. Um, but, uh. Oh no, I was making the obligatory, ew, everyone hates 4E joke. Oh, I thought it was a ha ha ha. I thought we were talking about DreamWorks minions. No, I had forgotten about the piss nuggets, uh, but anyway. <laughs> Gosh. Um. Minion rules. Minion rules. So basically, like, mooks only have one HP. Um, and just, I do like the idea that, like, you, if you attack one, if, like, you have, like, one base move, like a cantrip, and you can basically copy, like, what, like, a item or a ability from a mook. And basically, you probably would have to say, like, the ability you can get should just, like, be dictated by the max level of what your character is. Honestly, I think it would work mm -hmm. a little better in, like, maybe, like, a system like Savage Worlds or anything that has a tier system. Um, uh, yeah. Because then it wouldn't have to be every level. It would be, like, every tier. You'd get a different ability from them. And that would be a lot easier to come up with four abilities rather than, uh, what, 20? Yeah. Um... Yeah, or something like powered by the like a powered by the apocalypse system. Oh yeah, no, that would be great too. Um, cipher system. There's tons of them. I've somehow already forgotten. Wait, do we? No, we don't have a tier system in uh, Pathfinder. Uh, two. Yeah, no, not really. Not outside of like proficiency tiers. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, Jay, do, right. do you have uh, one last one, or have we spent enough time? I think we've done enough of these today, if you don't mind. Yeah, Zoe, write down your other one. I wasn't going to do it anyway. After we'd had that argument about, like, well, you do it, I said, okay, we'll both do it. Zoe, you go first, and then I was just going to not do it. Wow. That was my secret secret you, move. You are gaslighting. You're trying to gaslight girl boss gate girl. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Wait. Okay. What are we doing next on this here podcast? I think, uh, you know what, uh, just real quick, anything really interesting happen in any of our games this week? Or at all? I mean, you know, I can't think of anything specifically interesting that has happened in my games since we've ended that would be interesting to the broad audience, except for one thing, um, in part because it's May 4th as we record this, so it's Star Wars Day, yay, um, I mean, I still like Star Wars. I just don't like a large chunk of the fandom. Uh, but uh, but in the Clone Wars game that I've been playing in, it's looking like, uh, because we've been playing as the characters, it's looking like I might be playing both Obi-Wan and Padme, which is a fun double cast conceptually. <laughs> yeah, and you can make them kiss and nobody can stop you. 
Is Padme a type no. of food? It's Pad Thai. Oh, I uh, love yeah. Pad Thai. Damn, you get to play Pad but Thai? I, but I do... I, I don't know. I just think it's a fun double cast. The idea of playing the two... Like, basically the only two characters in the galaxy that care about Anakin as a person. She's the one who got so sad she died, right? She is the one who got so sad she died. So yeah. how's so that you, going to what, be? What the... if you play both these characters like they don't care about Anakin at all? And they care more about each other because they're in love and they kiss. Fuck you. Go be sad, <laughs> little slave boy. Oh, God. Okay. Well. I'm serious. It could be an uh. interesting new approach. Whoever's playing Anakin has to really think about how this is going to change his life trajectory. I mean, there's been a lot of potentially changing Anakin's life traje trajectory over the course of this game. Because, you know, he and Obi-Wan can have honest conversations as human beings, uh, which they're not allowed to do in, in Star Wars media because they had to preserve the fact that, like, oh, there should be a Anakin rule. becomes there should, Darth There should Vader. be a really hard rule against uh, playing some sort of, like licensed uh like known plotline rpg but just being like yeah but we're actually going to do therapy together <laughs> we're gonna actually talk things out and like you know not have this sort of dramatic interpersonal conflict that results in somebody killing somebody else <laughs> you know i'm only going to say one thing about our monday game aside from the fact that our gm is amazing and i really appreciate her gming um and that is that um my bard character has does not believe he can cast magic and he we are now on what session four and we it will be session five next week and i just want to see how long we can go before it makes sense for my character to cast magic um, i totally honestly you at up this point this. i think he's more likely to leave the party than he is to cast magic <laughs> oh because my character was having disagreements oh no he loves you all very much He'd never leave you, and he thinks that you're all amazing and that you have great potential to not be um, morally oh, He'll just be passive-aggressive to us the entire time. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I felt bad that I got passive-aggressive. I blame being sick the past two weeks. Um, but, wow, that's all I'm going to say about that, because I'm going to stick to what I said. We are. We did it, y'all. We spent we spent less than five minutes talking about our games. Yes. Um, and now to talk about something else that one of us uh, also made though, because we are starting a new little segment. Uh, we do not name it. Uh, I don't know. Homebrew highlights. Uh, spoilers. We're talking about homebrew stuff, and because even with over a month to prepare, we didn't. We are pulling from Zoe. Uh, homebrewed Minotaur uh, ancestry for Pathfinder 2E. Um, I also now am aware that we didn't really talk about how we're going to talk about this, but hey, Zoe, tell us about your Minotaur that you made. And if you're not comfortable with this, I'll uh, edit this out and we'll figure out a way to do it. <laughs> no, it's okay, we can. You're like, you want to talk about it? I'm like, sure. Like, I have no idea how this segment's gonna go, but let's find out. I have it up on my phone. Uh, so, if you, yeah, I guess... If you don't remember, you have it, um, it is pinned in the resources of our chat. Yeah. Uh, but no, just to start off with, uh, one of our players in our Monday game, who's great, and I love them, uh, wanted to play a Minotaur. And, um, there isn't one <clears throat> for 2E. Um, well, Pathfinder 2E. It's like, yeah, I can write one. Give me what a weekend i think that's how long it, it's not even finished yet i don't know what level you're gonna we're gonna wrap this game up and i have to write some of the higher end leveling up stuff but we'll get to that um and so i first i just started looking around what the other classes what the other ancestries were like and how to balance out and try not to make it too broken and so they're kind of they were based off the orc uh, ancestry at first and then I tweaked some of that stuff around um, I gave them a advantage in wisdom instead and I gave them a disadvantage in dexterity because they're they're minotaurs are big creatures really whenever you think about it so it would make sense that oh completely being dexterous and also the joke about a bull in a china <laughs> shop um, and then I also gave them pluses in advantages in strength and constitution, besides also wisdom. 
I would play um, this Minotaur. Uh, she speaks Mandarin, and they're like, "Oh, really?" And be like, "Yeah, I was raised in a China shop. My parents owned a China shop, a Chinese shop." And they're like, "What? No, it was Chinese. They sold carpets." Wow, fucking kill the momentum on this one. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's okay. There's some cool. Uh, uh, there's some cool additional heritages within it, uh, based off. Yeah, of and then I was bulls. coming up with those. Yeah, they're they're all based off of bulls. I did a lot of I did a lot of uh, research into different. Oh, types I didn't of know that they were actually because I'm that type. Okay, of person. that makes sense. I mean, I'm looking at the names right now, and I think I forgot about like the specific heritages. Um, and that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, because Brahmin are like the oldest cow to ever like exist, I think. So that's why they got resistance to disease and HP boost and stuff. And then, you know, Scottish Highlands are fluffy. Um, and then Wasu, I think that's how you say it? Wasu? Uh, Watsui, I guess, because it's W A T U S I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just They just have really big horns and they look cool uh, and that's where i pulled it from no this is like and you have feats up to the 13th level and i mean it, yeah there's only one 13th level and i don't think the person playing it will take it so i should probably write something else sure but till then you've done a great job of just making this and honestly like i'm surprised that pathfinder 2e hasn't had a full-on minute minotaur ancestry but I think there's one you can buy. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. official. And this was also for me being cheap and not wanting to spend money going. Oh, I can just. Oh, yeah. No, so trust looking me. at it, it wasn't official. It's a third party thing, but it is sold through Pi uh, through Paizo's shop. Um. And then, yeah. And just with the feats, I just pulled a lot from, you know, the Minotaur myths and um, Greek stuff that's not that um and then just upgrading certain things like it would be really good if you take the wasui i also gave you you could have also have taken um later on a feat called bloody horns which would increase your horn damage and stuff uh my favorite one that i wrote is a first level feat uh called cow speak <laughs> which basically does just let you speak to cows and you use diplomacy when dealing with them yeah, that is a fun one. I like Natural Compass a lot, too. Yeah, like, just going back to Minotaur yeah. is where I, that I do came just from. like that you call it cow speak, too. <laughs> uh, it's, this is a really cute um, species. If you don't mind, uh, if I put this up as a PDF and included a link to it in the, or like put it up on the website or something, would you mind if I did that? Yeah, it's fine. I'll probably... Yeah, just as a heads up, anyone who goes and finds this, that it will probably change, because I'll tweak. Some of course, stuff. I mean, we're not charged. Well, you're not charging money. We as in, what right would I have to charge money? Hey Zoe, um, I'm charging everyone five dollars for this thing. I'm keeping half of it. Thanks. Um, that's okay. That's okay. You, you oh gosh, what is that supposed so, to mean? So, What's going on in your life? Uh, <laughs> so your drive-through RPG then? Uh, putting up putting up someone else's work and keeping half the money. Oh, who? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, anyone who uh, listens to this podcast and has any homebrew you'd like us to kind of go over, it's not going to necessarily be a full review, and it's not going to be really like a we're not really testing them, but just kind of like an overview and um, looking at stuff because there's a lot of fun things that the community makes. Um, like, honestly, that's my favorite thing about the TTRPG community is just the creativity. And so I think that's why we wanted to switch away from talking about our games to talking more so about just homebrew is want to talk about things that people are doing that are just kind of fun and exciting. Which is why we're officially soliciting homebrew stuff. If you're listening to this and you're doing a homebrew anything, uh, shoot us a message, drop us a PDF or a Google Doc or whatever you got, and we will talk about it and credit you to the fullest extent. Mm-hmm. Also, if you make, yeah, like... otherwise... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Otherwise, we'll just talk about our own shit all the time. And nobody wants that. <laughs> uh... Alrighty. Is it time to read a... Why did my phone just stop working? Is it time to read a horror story? Okay. 
I love you. What? I don't get it. All right. But yes, I think it is time for us to read a horror story. All right. Uh, Zoe, did you have a preference of either of the two that you sent me? Uh, no, whichever one you want to feel like reading. All right. Jay, you almost always read, so why don't you choose? Oh, God damn it! I don't know what either of these are. <laughs> uh... I, I have read both of them. I think the first one is a is potentially a bit better for our conversation. Yeah. But Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why you should tell me and let me decide. Okay. Posted on R slash RPG horror stories by user MNLT underscore Sonata. That time a new player got upset over my character's trait because it ruined his ideas. My first tale was not quite a horror story, so let me provide you all with one that I think better qualifies. This comes from a D&D 5e game I was in a few years back, and it requires some important context for you to fully understand the title and what led to it happening, so let me provide it. Additionally, some details have been lost to time, so some info is missing and replaced with my best guess. Without further ado, I was playing a tiefling monk by the name of Ferosi. Ferosi had several character traits that were notable, but the most important of them all was that he was a man of very few words. So few words that over the span of the first arc, a full 16 sessions essentially, he only ever spoke maybe three or four times. His words when he did speak were always polite, softly spoken, and respectful to the person addressed. There are a few other PCs in the group, so let me give a quick rundown. We had Du, the Water Genasi Sorcerer, played by who we will call Tess. There was also Bakinomin, the Kenku Rogue, played by who we will call Henry. Then there was Thelania, an Elf Warlock, played by Bob. And finally, come Act 2, the subject of the story, Jorn, a Dwarven Paladin, played by Jack. Jack was a later addition because he was a friend of a DM. We will call that DM Jeremy, but couldn't join during Act 1 because of personal and work matters. From the very beginning of Act 2, Jack seemed determined upon learning of my character rarely speaking to make him open up more without consulting me or the DM. And he'd grown frustrated when my character simply didn't verbally respond to any of his dialogue or attempts at conversation. I explained to Jack, out of character, that Ferosi was an embodiment of the Quiet One trope, and thus only spoke when he deemed it absolutely necessary. That way, his words held more weight. Jack unfortunately saw this less as me trying to talk him out of his goal and more of a challenge to accomplish it. I don't remember every instance of his character trying to start a conversation with mine, but I do remember it having a pattern that went something like this. Someday, huh? Dot dot dot. Still nothing to say, Hornhead? Dot dot dot. I later learned that Jack was complaining to our DM and other PCs about my character not engaging with the group or story, when in truth my character drove part of the narrative of Act 1. The whole of Act 1 was centered around his home and it having a mysterious plague that needed to be cured. And while he didn't talk, his actions clearly displayed he cared. He helped secure food and medicine for the infected, searched the ruined sewers under the city for the rumored source of the plague, fought cultists who were protecting said source before destroying it. In Act 2, Thelania and Du had some spotlight while Ferosi spent time on the side dealing with the side effects and fallout of his choices in the prior act, but he still decided time, dedicated time to helping the party whenever they needed it. When he was told about this fact, he seemed to have backed off, but as soon... Oh. So this is one of the guy who's like trying to push conversation. Uh, found out about my character's further involvement. He seemed to have backed off, but as we'd soon learn, he was bottling up his frustration and getting ready to blow. You may be wondering what caused the explosion. It was my character speaking, but it wasn't to the paladin, it was to the sorcerer and warlock who both needed a few comforting words after an intense scene. My character only said four words, but those four words, you both did well. Made Jack explode at the table and start cussing me out practically without warning. I can't remember exactly what he said verbatim, but the general gist was that I had it out for him because he wasn't playing a girl and that I ignored him trying to talk all the time for no reason. He wanted everyone to like my character until I ruined everything, and so on and so forth. Jack stormed out, leaving the table stunned and a little afraid, and he never returned. I told Jeremy that he wouldn't join a game I was in because I was ca Catholic-phobic and unable to play the game. Right, well, that is a twist. He wasn't, he wasn't, role, he wasn't role-playing with you because he hates Catholics. The campaign continued, and we got another, much more chill player to replace Jack. But even today, we remember the time Jack stormed off because a character trait didn't match up with what he wanted. Uh, so, as always, the core how-to-not-fuck-this-up takeaway of this story is that Jack should have told the, uh, the narrator and the GM, like, Hey, I would like to 
get your character to open up and talk more and hash that out instead of just trying to do it like you when you're players your motivations are not necessarily mysteries to each other you can uh, plan it out collectively yeah and if you know another player says hey that's not what I want for my character you can say okay then I won't do it yep that's it just, no. just don't do it that sounds really fake no fake and yeah fake. I know respecting people's boundaries at a tabletop RPG table that's that's ridiculous thank you I'm glad you agree um but yeah no that's ridiculous oh my god uh getting so mad I, I can understand like a little bit of frustration because you want an arc that someone else doesn't want I get it because in your head it sounds great but don't you have anything else to be doing roleplay wise at some point you know cut your losses oh yeah try to interact with the you know another character in certain ways yeah but yeah no that was that was a pretty open and shut case from what we got uh make it sound like we delivered judgment on these stories uh but no that was I'd also a, say okay. um if you find yourself in a situation kind of like this, something you can do is rather than get angry at the other player for not being a giving scene partner uh, by just doing what you want to do, uh, maybe use that a bit. Have your character be a little frustrated and disappointed that they can't seem to connect with this person, and then use that as an opportunity to connect with the other player characters Use that have an existing relationship with that character. Use that opportunity to interrogate why your character, like, wants that relationship with a quiet person. Like, maybe it's that they're, you know, you know, they can't stand the silence. Or they don't know how to connect yeah. to somebody if they can't talk together. And maybe, like, learn a little something about the monk and try to evoke a reaction out of this monk that, like, crosses a fucking line and, like, you know, actually becomes a problem. You know, you, there's a lot of interesting story stuff to do with this. To an extent, but yeah. I just caution caution people in the tabletop RPG space against trying to force an interaction by crossing boundaries. Well, yes, that should also be... Because I feel like that... Again, the sort yeah. of thing that you uh, discuss with somebody. Ugh. But that silent one character that you commit to heavily that's an interesting idea and something i think is worth exploring for this topic um which is just finding those different ways of connecting to your character um and there's a lot that you can do um even just you know we've had we've had plenty of instances with our characters in our monday games uh and our other games where like someone creates a playlist for their character or a like a mood board or something like that there's a lot of interesting things you can do that's not just well i i've thought about these personality quirks like personality quirks are great but doing that other stuff doing that flavor helps to fill in that character a lot more and like get you into that headspace a little too yeah and honestly like i never really did playlists for my characters before but honestly, that's something like that I think I'm gonna do a lot more after you. Honestly, I think it was uh, your playlist recently, Miles, that inspired me to make one for my current character too. So I didn't do them until I started playing with, with y'all. Uh, I, I I didn't start doing them until that, uh, specifically because our our GM for our Apocalypse World game was like, hey, I'll give everyone a free experience point if you make a character playlist. Yeah, all right, I'll take a free experience point. I'll make a character playlist. And then that playlist became one of my most... <laughs> became my most common playlist for all of 2020. Yeah, it is the reason why Jimmy Buffett while. was one of my most listened artists uh, on my Spotify wrapped that year. <laughs> because he was just a good old vacation dad in the middle of the wasteland. Uh, so he had a lot of Jimmy Buffett and Beach Boys on that playlist, but it was fun. I could listen to that playlist every, like, 
and start listening to it maybe 15 minutes before each session, just to sort of, like, get myself moving into that character, get a little bit of the feel of just, like, driving around in my giant armored van as that, as that vacation dad. Fun little exercise. That was really a good one, and I mean, I'm never gonna make that mood board for my character. I can guarantee you that. Um, yeah, me either. I I recognize that it is valuable, and I've seen a lot of people do it. I just can't be bothered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, I've been finding myself being able to get more in character with them just by doing my pixel art that I do, just because I... Uh, usually by the time I finished, I've had to start thinking about, like, well, what's their natural, like, you know, idol pose? What would be something about them? Um, because it's a little more than just, uh, uh, what's it called? Aesthetic for me. But, honestly, for me, I, I find that it takes me a good, like, five or six sessions before I'm really able to nail down who I want a character to be even if I've worked on this character for a while. Um, and I think to me, it's because in my experience, who my character is, is much more of a reflection of who I'm playing with too. Hmm. Um, yeah. I can attest to that. You're always trying to have your characters interact with mine. I don't know if my current character has interacted with you much at all. No, not particularly. <laughs> Compared to everybody else too. Um, uh, but there, there are some there's some smaller things that you can do too. Um, I say smaller just in that they require less of a time commitment because you might think, all right, well, I don't really have time to put together an entire playlist for a character. That's fine. That's reasonable. I I mean, my most recent one, the playlist is definitely not finished uh, and it's maybe 20 songs at this point. And the majority of those are just taken straight from a, like, auto-generated playlist for people who like, uh, the artist Robin and LaRue. It's like, yeah, alright, it's Robin, LaRue, uh, and Kylie Minogue. It's like, uh, and, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. It's like, yeah, alright, this is just easy listening, too. Like, these are all bops. This is fine. Um, but, like, some smaller things... Yes, you can develop a voice for your character, although you definitely don't have to. I know it can be hard to maintain a voice the whole time. I forget between sessions what my character's voices are sometimes. Uh, but, like, even something as simple as thinking about what your character's posture is, or finding some sort of, like, physical action or position to be in that helps you feel more in line with that character does genuinely make a difference. Um, like... If you think your character is very disciplined and rigid, even just, like, sitting very, very, like, straight and still can be something for that. And it can kind of, like, help you connect to that character a little bit. I know I... I already sit in my chair like... I sit in my chair like a bisexual man, uh, because I am one. But I dial that up a decent bit when I'm playing my most recent character. I I now need to do this game on stream now. Not on stream. On I have camera. a sneaking suspicion I'm the only person on this call that sits normal. <laughs> Jay just is mean to me because I sit crisscross applesauce. But I also I really like it. I think it's cute. I wish I had that sort of hip flexibility. And I'm jealous. Okay, fine. Hun, jealousy is not very becoming. I don't have anywhere I'm going with that. That wasn't even a bit. That was just me saying something to you. It's just you being mean. All right. Well, um, speaking of being but... mean, hey, Zoe, what are your thoughts on the topic? Uh. Uh. Um. Because you are always I'm... just, you are in sync with your characters. Or maybe not in sync, but like. Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, where is this coming? I mean. Because of my job, I have a lot of free brain space because uh, I work with my hands a lot. Anyways, most of the recipes I have memorized by this point um, is that uh, listeners, I'm a chef. And anyways, that's not important. So I, I do have a lot of that time to just overthink or as other people would call it daydream, which is easily a thing you can do. And um, but yeah. I should try that. I drown out all my I thoughts like, with podcasts every day, so. 
Yeah, I mean, I like mood boards because I just, I save like every image I come across that I like. I'm like, well, I'll save that for later. I'll save that for later. Um, the same thing with music, really, which is why I make playlists, um, which I would do a lot of when we just recently started sharing them whenever we're doing games and stuff along those lines. Um, I guess the thing is, if you said it's in sync, it's, it's probably because usually whenever I make characters, they have some sort of aspect of myself into them, which I think is really common, and that's something that you as a player can stop back and think, like, oh, what's this character reflecting about myself, and how does that bounce off the other people playing, and what does that mean as a whole? Um, uh, also, another fun thing you can do uh, if you're a, you know, quote-unquote gamer is, I will... If, they, if a game has a character creator, I will make my characters. Like, you take your character and put that in a different scenario, and you can see what will happen, like what new things will come out of you putting them in something different. Unless the character creator is shit and is not diverse enough, which is also a thing. Yeah. Yeah, taking, the, taking that time to think about those hypothetical situations while thinking about how your character would react to them is really beneficial. Um, I mean, chances are pretty good we're all in the camp of people who have, like, shadow conversations, like, one-sided conversations in the shower. What? And just, like, daydream that out. What? Or am I completely off base? Um... Yeah, I think my thing, whenever it's in the shower, it's more... This is actually probably now that I'm more DMing again. It's like, I hear this scenario, how are these going to play out with everyone? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I definitely like that. If, if you find yourself having those sort of, like, rehashing hypothetical conversations or rehashing real conversations or arguments in your life and just, like, thinking about those whenever you've got nothing else to do with your mind... Try changing and try taking a moment to change those up into something with your character. Uh, and that can help you reflect on sort of how your character feels about events that have happened or about the other characters. Um, no, that makes sense. I So you also do something fun with us where you'll you'll send us just like a brief little prompt about oh what's what's your character like what kind of video games would they play in a modern AU or uh, what's yeah, in their fridge? Yeah, I'm sorry. Today sucked. No, because, today. Well, no, that one was Jay's. Today's was. No, that one sucked for me. I was like, I ha I know nothing about Star Wars, and I'm thinking this. I'm like, I guess Ula would be something with the Sith. I guess. Oh God, I asked the Star Wars question. I know nothing about Star Wars. My knowledge of Star Wars come from two actual play podcasts who do nothing with the actual Star Wars. One takes place in even past is in between the Clone Wars and never, anything. Just go listen to a very random encounter Star Wars game. It's very good. It actually made me like Star Wars. And then also my other thing is the film reroll <laughs> episode of Rogue One. That's my only context for Star Wars. I would say, without getting too far into it, I think Ula would have less to do with the Sith and more to do with a group on a planet called Dathomir called the Night Sisters. They're essentially like dark side fueled witches um they're really interesting and cool uh and nowhere near as overall shitty as the sith like the night sisters are a little bit less capital e evil yeah i've been really annoying to our one friend Vale. i'm like because she kind of knows star wars better than me and i'm like Vale, Vale, can there be like saver chakrams Vale, Vale, what about size? Vale, tell me about kyber crystals. <laughs> Look, if Batman can appear in a Star Wars comic and have a lightsaber that has a bat insignia on the end made out of the lightsaber energy, um, there can be there oh, can be God. anything. There's some dumb lightsaber uh, designs. Y'all have to go because I just got podcast. an ulcer from hearing that. So y'all finish the podcast without me. There's some, there's uh, some anyways, dumb Anyways, that long <laughs> tangent was just to be like, send your players and yourself 
character questions. No, they're, they're fun. You find those out Those are things. fun, and they definitely make you think a little bit more about, like, what your character would do in certain situations. Yeah, and you don't have to answer them if you don't want to, which is awesome. Yeah, any sort of filler arc type stuff is really great for, like, continually fleshing out characters. Zoe, you had us freaking, uh, like, get breakfast on a recent session, and you just laid out, like, a bunch of breakfast foods, and it, like, was up to us about, like, how we wanted to... Like, what our people would eat for breakfast. And I actually got a little bit of insight about my own character from that. So. Yeah, you're... You are very, very good at those, uh, like, tiny moments of flavor that really help create a character connection. It's why I'm glad you're on this uh, episode. And why I'm happy to be at your table again. Okay, thanks. I mean, I think... I, I mean, I hope so. Uh, I mean, because I really think you need that, that stuff in between doing combat or dungeon diving or, you know, you have to... Th there has to be... Uh, words, words are hard. Uh, there has to be something to hold together the bigger things. Oh, of you know? course, yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. And just figuring out uh, you know, just figuring out why your characters are there, like, just really helps with everything, and I think just makes the campaign better overall. Yeah. We've talked before in a previous episode about, like, make sure you find a reason for your character to want to be there. Don't just rely on the GM to do it. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, that's important. And, yeah, and putting that on yourself and doing those moments of character work for yourself is a big help in finding that reason to keep going because otherwise most parties would collapse at the first argument yeah because, because they, well why why do i want to stay with these people they're assholes yeah i kind of believe like yeah how do you this is a topic for another time but like how do you make sense of all of your characters coming together i think it would have to be a some sort of like ad hoc justification for you have you have to make shit up in your brain a little bit about like why your characters want to hang out with each other even if it's just like you your person's been adventuring for a couple years and you know the way of adventuring like you find another group of wacky vagabonds and you hang out with them and you know take a quest yeah i i mean that's why basically it's it's like a trope but like you start off in a tavern it, that's to like just help get over that hump it, it's why not to uh, bring it back the monday game it's why i gave all your characters creepy ass dreams it's something to hold the party together until you get to know each other and hopefully want to stick together yeah and you know i i think i i try and it doesn't always work but i, I was mentioning like i like to basically make my character based off of like how i'm interacting with other people but i also still try to view my character as being fairly malleable for the first while of the sessions while we're trying to still figure out what game we are playing and who everyone else is um yeah yeah jay that's like that that's yeah that's really good like you have to be flexible with your character because yeah eventually you're gonna have your character just concrete down and if things happen maybe your character needs to leave or something because but you know early on in the game everything is still just fresh it is not fully baked it's dough or it's like the uh gelatinous soft bones of a child that can easily fall downstairs and not be broken what yeah yeah you know no no i just i wanted to be shocked yeah you know kids are like that they're resilient they're plasticky that's hilarious considering you're telling that to someone whose first memory is of them breaking their bones yep jay fell out a window as a child. Yeah, I don't know if it makes it sound any better if I say I jumped out the window. Um, <laughs> she definitely did it intentionally. I definitely did it because I had something I wanted down there and it was the quickest way to get to it was to jump. And this is why Cindy <laughs> Lopper should not be listened to because that will lead your sister to not pay attention to you when your mom says, I need a nap, please watch the child for like an hour. Um... 
But Those girls be getting distracted by Sydney Lauper. It's true, and you know what they say about us girls. We do gatekeep. Um, but You and I have very different first memories. Though they do both involve pain, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's mine. Jay? Yeah, I did the Dom Jabbar when I was three. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I escaped. No, we don't need to do childhood painful memories. Um, no, um, I just, anyone else have anything else you'd like to specifically add on today's topic? Or while the momentum's, or while the energy's high, should we uh, call it a night? Quit um, while you're ahead. Hun, you yeah, say I, that think, about I think we've got a lot of actionable things that you can do. Um, um, also, oh, one other thing. Uh, for example, whenever we were running Astral Refrain, Jay gave us a boat, which is always good. But also then Jay let us describe what our quarters would look like. And that's also a really good thing of trying to figure out what exactly your character is, like what exactly their room would look like or what exactly would the one thing that they would definitely need to keep going on this starting off. Hell yeah, there was that episode be. of fucking My Hero Academia where all the kids got to like show off how they decorated a little dorm room. And that lent a lot to characters. There's a reason why there's uh, still so many articles about what do you think every Encanto character's room that we didn't get to see is like? Uh, oh, something else I would say. Uh, as part of a session zero, this can be fun. Do in-character icebreakers. They don't have to be like, you know, you're sitting around, you're sitting around a work, like a table in a meeting room doing icebreakers for the new hire or whatever. But, like, get some basic-ass icebreaker questions from any team-building workshop you know, actually, site. It's even just two and, truths and a lie. And answer them for, with each other. Uh, two truths and a lie is a fun one, too. Well, two truths and a lie when you're, like, building a D&D character, that's just, like, uh, one lie and two world-building. Yeah. Um, and thinking about what your character wears uh, in terms of just, like, Oh yes, they wear normal clothes or they wear leather armor. Like, no, what's like, what are two small details that set their clothes apart from something else? It can be like a mm -hmm. a poorly repaired uh, chunk that got removed from it during a fight, or like. Right now, I'm very specifically thinking about. Uh, I'm thinking about Vigo Mortensen playing Aragorn and how his costume for Aragorn developed over the course of shooting those movies as he just, like, found things along their path and, like, incorporated them into the outfit. Uh, and, like, it was his idea to take uh, Boromir's gauntlets and incorporate them into his costume. And that's an interesting thing that you can do for your character to make them not just, like essentially like a, a dress-up doll character maybe for where you just GM, like copy can... and paste the the art for leather armor onto them maybe if you're a gm you can ask your like a martial class like hey where'd you get those boots are those good what are they made out of and then yeah. it moves up like and then from the player's perspective definitely don't worry about the specifics of what you're saying too much like just make something up make anything up Oh yeah, these are goat skin yeah. boots that I found, uh, you know, I found a dead goat on the side of the road and I carried him all the way over to a leatherer who uh, said, I can't have that, but here, take these goat boots instead. And I thought, whoa, that was a bait and switch. Ta-da! World building. Yeah. Not everything has to be like a giant sweeping backstory. It can just be just small details. Those small details help you connect with your character some more. Ooh, here's an idea. A giant sweeping backstory. Uh, your town was destroyed by a giant who thought the town was dust bunnies. And swept it away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all night. He really but will But we be. won't. Because he's sleeping uh, on the couch after that one. I'm practicing being a really annoying sitcom wife. I think I have nothing else to say for this podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, Jay may I. be here all night, but we won't be. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. If you did have any fun with us, please like, subscribe, Reddit, N Numenera. Are we? Um, iTunes. Oh. I got there eventually. I had to go to a forum of 
TTRPG book, and then eventually I got iTunes, wherever you're listening this. Um, I'm... Go on to Reddit r slash economics, and then just say shit to start fights. <laughs> um, please love us all. You can find us uh, and our other podcasts, uh, I say it like I'm ever on it, please um, love me. on mimicsmarket.com, where you can uh, listen to three adult grown men talk about children's books. It is actually quite a lovely podcast when I do listen. Um, and yeah. all the rest of the time, you're just like, why are you, why are you still doing that damn podcast? Get Miles to edit it. You have to go to sleep. <laughs> why are, why are you talking about Percy Jackson for five hours? <laughs> okay. Well now I'm being put on blast now. Um, but I don't have a follow-up to that, but sincerely thank you to everyone who's listened this far. It is very good to actually get to record another one of these. Love everyone. Yeah. Good night. Uh, oh, one last little thing. Since it's been a while since we, uh, since we did, I'd just like to once again thank uh, B, also known as Zykenelster on Twitter and Instagram, for our podcast art for this and for uh, On Air Book Fair. Oh yes, thank you very much. This artwork is fantastic. They are very skilled, and you should see if they are doing commissions, and you should just buy stuff from them. Yeah, do that if you have a podcast. Or if you just, like, you know, want a fancy sign of some words. Just cause. You don't need a reason. Nope. Just do it. Okay. Oh, the police are coming. We have to go now. Bye-bye. I love Pathfinder 2. I like I genuinely do like a lot about it, but I can't wait to tear apart its feat system so much because it's still bad. <laughs> <laughs>